Hello, everybody. 227 here. We're going to talk about the mental side of bodybuilding a little bit. Pros, cons, pitfalls, good things. And then also, I have an offer to pitch to people, and I would like to get your opinion on it. So stick around for around the midway point when we switch gears, and I describe something to you, and I want to get your thoughts on it if you have any. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set. With your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, what's up? How are we doing? Episode 220. Oh, what is it? 220, 220, 227? Is this 8? I don't know. com. I'm going to go to thedropset.com and I'm going to look it up and see what episode number this is. Hold on. It's coming up. We are on episode number... This is 227. Okay. All right. It's good for the host to know these things here. By the way, if you go to thedropset.com later, um, there will be stuff there new stuff. I have drop set swag available. There are some tanks there. I got a dark and a light currently. Um, so, uh, well, actually there's like a, a darker collection and a lighter collection. I changed the logo a little bit so that it prints better on either darker or lighter colors. So there's two options. Um, the logo looks a little bit different on each one. There's like a black, a gray and a Navy. And then the wider is like light, lighter is like a, a white and a gray and a oatmeal Heather or something like that. I don't know. It's something like that. Check it out. It's not there right now. I have my, uh, web designer working on a little hack to get it to show up. So it's just that stuff and not all the other five-star physique stuff. So if you want some swag, check it out. Once that's up also, I'm going to be getting some, uh, I'm going to be getting like a coffee mug up there and some stickers and some other stuff too. So it is, uh, it is officially happening at this point. I've been talking about it for so long. And if you don't catch this episode right away, but you catch it maybe over the weekend or on Monday, um, it'll probably be there by the time you look. So keep going back and checking it out. Um, I got a few things to talk about this week. Um, a quick little update on me. Um, well, actually, I'm going to send you to YouTube for an update on me. If you go to youtube.com slash, oh God, I should know this. I think it's actually slash five star fitness. I don't know. YouTube.com slash five star fitness. Does that work? Hey, that's me. There you go. All right, cool. So if you go there, um, and then scroll down to shorts. I need to reorganize this a little bit. This page needs some updating here. Um, I've been posting one short a day for a little bit. They're training updates. They are exercise form breakdowns. Today, I actually posted a logbook breakdown on progressive overload from pendulum squats. That is up as of about 10 minutes ago, as of the time I record this right here. So my goal is to keep the shorts coming in at one a day, and then the longer form videos, I'm going to try and do weekly. I'm currently in a little bit of a backlog here because I'm trying to script several of them so I can shoot them all at once. Um, and so if you have ideas for those, so longer form videos, I'm thinking like in the five to eight minute range, something like that. I don't want to do 20 minute videos just because, man, it takes a special person to want to sit through 25 minutes of me or anybody else on YouTube, realistically. Plus, it's a lot of editing editing to do. If it's five to eight minutes, that's more manageable. So um, topics that uh, would be good for that, let me know. Um, things that I have in the works right now um, are like I'm going to update my 
progress pictures, like how to take progress pictures video. Um, I'm going to do one on uh, meals that I'm eating right now and a breakdown on what my meal plan looks like currently. Um, I've got one that's um, setting yourself up for success post show, ranging from what do you do immediately off stage and what are you trying to do like four weeks after your show? Um, what are some things that are killing your progress in bodybuilding terms? Some things that you're doing that are either actively working against you or passive things that you could be doing but aren't um, or that you are doing but shouldn't. So those are all things that I have in the works. So um, if anybody has any thoughts, suggestions, or recommendations on what would make a good video for that, certainly let me know. I welcome all suggestions. So um, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Um, Check out YouTube. YouTube.com slash five-star fitness. I might be able to change that name just because... I don't really make a whole lot of sense. Let me see. Can I go to settings and uh, channel advanced settings? No, that's not it. Feature eligibility, general. No, upload defaults, permissions, community, demographics, agreements. That's not it. No. Um, eh, seems like I probably could. I don't know. Your channel. Parents, social account, app, five-star. Yeah, I don't know. I think there is a way. I just, I don't know what it is. Dashboard? No. Customization. This is where it is. Yeah. Branding. Oh, I'm close. Basic info. There we go. At, you can change your, oh, all right. You can ch- Your handles can be changed twice every 14 days. I'm going to change it to at five-star physique. There we go. That's the trick. That's the trick. Okay. It's that's available. Awesome. Publish. Boom. Go. All right. There we go. Look at that. I just did it live on this podcast. How sweet is that? Oh, is all the rest of that stuff accurate? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Good, good, good. I have to go and like customize the channel as well because the way it has like layout. Yeah. So like I'm going to move the shorts up to the top actually. There we go. Um, the podcast playlist is at the very top and all these episodes are old might bring that way down here i don't know we'll this how to's can go up a little bit higher something like that we'll see (laughs) here i'm just like welcome welcome to episode 227 where i edit my youtube channel live on the podcast for some stupid reason because clearly i'm an idiot and i don't know what i'm doing um so let's get into it here i've got some topics um for from some people here. This comes from Paul, who just competed um, over in the UK. I've been working with Paul for a long time, and uh, he is doing something that is totally allowable, which is after several years of working with him, he's going to try a different coach. Totally cool. Um, we've made some amazing progress, and he's just like, you know, I want to, you know, spread my wings a little bit and, and get a different perspective on stuff. Then, absolutely, totally cool with that. Totally cool with that. So, um, so he said, as he, he gave me this as kind of like a farewell question, which is good. So, talking about the mental side of the sport and what he said specifically is how it can be a major help to people mentally, but how it can how it has to be managed with caution, because bodybuilding can attract addictive and obsessive types, and it can be a major plus to help manage certain behaviors for people, but it can also be a rabbit hole that has to be treated with care, gear, diet, etc. Can all suck you in if you're not mindful then uh, a positive can very easily become a negative. So the reality of this and coping strategies. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, part of it is maintaining a balance. I think that's a key thing where you don't let bodybuilding be the one and only thing that defines you. That sounds really cool. It sounds really hardcore. But anybody who does that um, in anything, um, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because when you make that everything about your identity, if you aren't the best at it, then you see yourself as a failure. It just puts too much pressure on you. So you have to diversify your interests a little bit. Like, you know... A lot of people um, uh, have a head start on that. And clearly this is not like, this is not the silver bullet where this is all you have to do. Like, oh, if you just, you know, are a bodybuilder who also plays the accordion and likes to do that, then great, problem solved. It's like, well, yeah, no, not really. But, you know, a lot of people have a leg up on this. Like if you have a family, for instance, like your family always has to be a priority, um, probably the, the greatest priority. And so bodybuilding is one of those things where, as I often tell my clients, like you have to lie to yourself and tell yourself that this is the most important thing because for a lot of people it isn't, but you have to act like it is. And a lot of this stuff just simply has to be non-negotiable. And I think that with, with few exceptions, you know, a serious competitor, can take care of the obligations that they have to take care of and still nail their plan completely. Um, more often than not with, with rare exceptions. If you're, if you're looking to do this at a high level, it's essential that you do that. And it's really just time management more than anything else. Um, but if, if you have a family, that's something that can kind of help keep you grounded as long as you see it that way. A lot of people see their family and, you know, I'm coming at this from a coach's perspective and I hear a lot of stuff from people where they, they tell me things that they wouldn't tell anybody else. A lot of people I can tell they, they see their family as something that's getting in the way of their bodybuilding aspirations, at which point you need to step back a little bit and say, whoa, that's not how it's supposed to work. That's not how it's supposed to work. Um, you always got to be there for them, just like, you know, they have to be there for you, etc. But uh, this is a secondary thing. Like, yeah, tell yourself it's the most important thing. The, the context for that, as I always tell people, like, you know, you have to act as though your training session on a given day is the most important thing you will do on that given day because so many things have to work around it. You're rest, um, leading into that, how recovered you are, what you did the day before your nutrition around it. There are so many things that are reliant on that, that, that training session depends upon. So you've got to tell yourself it's the most important thing. It's not for most people. If it is, I'd say that's probably a problem and you need some more stuff in your life. Realistically, diversify your interests a little bit so that you're not putting all of your, your, um, self-worth into this one thing that ultimately doesn't have a huge payoff. A lot of people are like, I want to be the best competitor I can be. Okay, what's that going to get you? You know, nothing. You know, the mantle full of cheap plastic trophies, maybe? I mean, it's like, yeah, at some point, you know, you're really just building a physique and anything that you, you know, any any shows that you win or place in that come as a result of that, they're kind of secondary to the, to the physique that you have, right? Um and that, that's really what it is. And I think you need to maintain uh, a decent perspective on that. So going back to what Paul said here, um, it can be a major help to people mentally. I think that part of it, honestly, um, I mean, I'm a little jaded because I've been doing this for a long time. I think that part of it really gets overplayed. You know, you find so many of these, I, I call them just, you know, social media dipshits who just beat this drum of like, man, if everybody would just diet and exercise, nobody would be depressed anymore. I'm like, how fucking dumb are you people? You're basically just discounting an entire field of medicine that is mental health. Like, yeah, the gym solves everything. But of course, these are people who call themselves doctors or health coaches or whatever. Whatever, and they have this air of credibility to them. It's just the biggest load of horse shit ever. It's like, have you ever talked to any human beings? 
Like, there are problems that the gym doesn't fucking solve, people. Like, get your head out of your ass. It's like, just go to the gym. I'm like, it's a good place to start. It does not fix everything. And a lot of these people, I mean, they're, they're well-intended, but they take it to such an extreme that it becomes a cartoonish joke. And really, it's like, is this post serious? I can't tell. Well, everything that this person posts says the same thing, so they must be serious. I guess this isn't a parody account, although it seems like it. Um, like, you know, yeah, just, you know, a clean diet fixes everything. Like, no, it doesn't. How many people do you know who eat clean who still have, like, you know, IBS? You know, that's a problem. You know, there are such, thing as th- such things as diseases as well where people can get sick for any reason and diet and exercise are not the solution, right? Like, uh, it's, it's really a pet peeve of mine. So, yeah, it can help. It can help. It is not the silver bullet that a lot of people make it out to be, right? But working out, it's good, okay? It's good. Um, but, um, it does have to be managed just because here's the thing, competitive bodybuilding specifically, uh, attracts, as Paul says here, the, uh, the addictive and the obsessive types. Yes. So, um, it, and really like, you know, an addictive personality is an addictive personality and you can get addicted to working out and physique improvements just like you can alcohol or narcotics. I mean, you know, and uh, honestly, like, you know, you get a recovering alcoholic or a former addict um, who starts getting into bodybuilding, that addictive personality is going to carry over into bodybuilding as well. Um, unless, as part of their recovery, they have learned to manage that, in which case they should be aware of the potential pitfalls. And I'll have that conversation with people um, in the client onboarding phase. If they're looking to hire me as a coach, be like, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And I just say like, okay, let's just be clear here. This, this does have the ability to be, to be treated as another addictive vice. So we just need to be aware of that and you need to, you know, manage expectations accordingly a little bit. And, you know, I want you to tell me right now if there are any warning signs that we need to look out for or anything like that. Um, so, uh, and a rabbit hole. Yeah. So and here's the thing. Gear is the other thing because I work with a lot of people who are just like more, 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 which it's, it's never really the solution unless what you're looking for is health dysfunction. Um, you know, less is usually more. Um, like you, you always want to focus on quality over quantity. And really it's like the, the way that, and it's not like quality of gear over quality of gear, sorry, quality of gear over quantity of gear, but it's really the, the quality of everything that you do that concerns your plan over the quantity of your gear. That's what's going to help. It is a supplement. So if you find yourself pushing two grams of gear on a weekly basis um, and you're not competing at a very, very high level, you have the equation wrong and you need to focus on, on how you're executing the plan instead. So, and a lot of things like, you know, there's a good reason to hire a smart coach because they can help balance this stuff. And I will flat out tell people, cause I've, I've worked with people before who they're like, okay, cool. So I'm running 700 milligrams of this and 500 milligrams of this and 600 milligrams of this. And I think I'm stuck. So we need to do more. I'm like, no, no, we need to actually scale back and do a reset here. And they'll fight me on that. I'm like, look, I'm adamant on this. If you want to go ahead from here, cool, but I'm not your coach. I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is and I will fire you as a client if you don't do what I want you to do here. Just because I can recognize that kind of behavior. And sometimes they'll back down. They'll be like, oh shit, he's serious. Okay. Um, which is really like my, my trump card of, of saying, my, my way of saying, 
I mean it. Like, <laughs> you are fucking yourself up, and we got to fix this, right? And I will take the hit of, of not having your business as a client anymore if that's what it takes. Like, that's how Adam and I believe in this. And sometimes that'll register, and some people will go and find some other coach that will write them a, a program with three grams of gear in it. So you can't fix stupid. You can, you can try and educate people past it, but some people are just stubborn, and that addictive behavior is going to win out. And I have, I have learned that I can educate. I can inform I can't make decisions for people. And so I, I lay it all out there. I make the case. And if somebody decides that they want to continue going down that road, it's not my problem. Um, and I have to kind of mentally detach from that. And I know a lot of coaches would beat themselves up over it. And they're like, oh, God, I can't believe like, yeah, th- this person is going to be somebody's problem, but they're no longer my problem. Um, like a- as a client, you need to be coachable. Um, I tell people this all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> all the time, daily, it comes up. Conversations with new clients, and I, I know I've rambled on about this here before. People who are like, well, this is what I'm doing. I'd like to keep continue doing this. I'm like, cool. You don't need a coach to continue doing what you're doing right now. You would need a coach if you are serious about results and you're willing to change what you're doing in order to get those results and maybe not do the stuff that you want to do and do some other shit instead. And when you're ready to have that discussion, I'll be here. But until then, no. Um, and again, that's usually an attention getter for people. They're like, oh, okay, shit. I guess, I guess maybe I should listen to this. Um, but it does really attract, um, a lot of, a lot of negative behaviors. Like, you know, it's just, it's a magnet for that kind of stuff. Bodybuilding is so, um, so I don't know coping strategies. I think like, you know, diversifying your interests, like I said before, and also, um, you know, (laughs) part of my perspective on this comes from hanging out at narcotics anonymous meetings in the past as well and seeing what addictive behavior looks like up close and personal. Um, Full disclosure, I won't get into the details here, but I had a, what would I say? A, let's say a distant relation um, who was a minor in Narcotics Anonymous and needed transportation to meetings. And so I would take this person periodically and they invited me to come in on the meetings and I would sit in and just listen to stories from people. So, um, I mean, they don't care, you know, anybody's welcome, right? So, um, you, you listen to those stories and you hear enough from people. And so I, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't consider myself an expert, but you, you hear people in those meetings talk about their addictive personality and they talk about how, you know, they, they see it applied to other areas of their life that are not their, their main addiction, but it's always a personality type that's present. Um, and I think if you can help people kind of recognize that, that's helpful too. I would say that to some extent, um, I have an addictive personality. Like, what am I addicted to? I am addicted to activity and doing shit. Like, I don't do well sitting around. This is kind of like saying like, oh, what, what's your... What's your biggest fault in the job interview? Oh, I'm too much of a perfectionist. You fuck you, Jesus Christ. Get a better answer, right? But seriously, like I, I would say one thing that I am addicted to is just I can't not do shit. And so I and therefore what happens is I'm always getting myself into new stuff that I don't necessarily need to be getting into. I mean, if you could look at my calendar right now, like the fact that this podcast is getting done on Friday at three PM is a fucking miracle. Like, do I have time for this? I absolutely don't. But I had it on my calendar to get it done at some point. It was supposed to be Tuesday. It was supposed to be Wednesday. It was supposed to be yesterday. I'm forcing myself on Friday to do it because I'm not putting it off for another week. 
<laughs> so um, that's my commitment to you guys. I'm doing it. I'm making it happen. So um, I overloaded myself with stuff and I put too much shit on my plate. Um, it's just, I, it, it's a compulsion that I have. Um, I'm always signing up for new courses online. I'm always being like, oh, okay, cool. Here's a new website that I have to devour. Here's a new YouTube channel I just found. I have to watch every video on this site. Okay, cool. And it's just like, holy shit, dude, chill the fuck out. When are you going to just sit and like read a goddamn book or go lay out in the sun or something like that? Right. I just, I, I don't have time for that. And I would, I acknowledge I would be better off if I made time for that and just did less stuff and spread myself too thin. So I think if you can kind of recognize where your addictions are, like, am I addicted to the progress of bodybuilding to some extent, but I think I manage it pretty well. Um, my wife would probably disagree if I had her on here and we, we do need to do part two of our TV recap. Um, she's actually going out to a, uh, concert tonight. Um, and so she's getting ready for that right now. I am not going to that concert, not because I'm so hardcore in my bodybuilding thing, but because I got so much shit to do. Like I don't have time. <laughs> the, the mountain of shit I have to get through right now. And it's Friday afternoon. And I'm like, okay, we're going to crank through it all this weekend. No relaxing, get my workouts in, get my cardio in, get my meals in and just, you know, devour shit on the computer all weekend. That's what it's going to be. Um, again, addictive personality, right? Compulsive personality. There you go. Um, so, uh, she, she would disagree with that assessment that I, that I probably don't have uh, super addictive, um, tendencies when it comes to bodybuilding, just because she's not plugged into the world at all. Um, I know people who are far worse than me. I, I would say I am disciplined, but not to the point of it being like, whoa, what's wrong with that guy? From my perspective, being plugged into the industry. Somebody who is not involved at bodybuild, in bodybuilding at all would look at me and be like, that guy has clearly got a mental disorder, right? But you know that. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably that person in your friend group as well. So, um, I, you know... I hit my workouts without exception. I never miss a day due to like, oh, something came up. That's just something that doesn't happen in my world. Um, I don't miss meals, you know. Uh, I don't cheat on my diet. I don't miss cardio. Um, but at the same time, like when I go to the gym, I'm not like in there for three hours at a time. It feels like it sometimes. I have shoulder rehab work that I have to do, which is kind of time consuming. My actual workout is about 55 minutes, right? It's not ridiculous, you know, but I'm, I, I push hard and um, I get results and I'm happy with that and I see it and I'm cool with that. I, I think that's a reasonable place to be. Um, like if I was not going to this concert tonight because I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to be off my plan. It's like, no, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you don't have to be. I could go to this thing. It, we would leave at six. We'd probably come back at around nine. Um, I usually have my final meal at eight. I would just have it an hour later when I got back home. Pfft, whatever. It's no big deal. Um, you'll probably have a Diet Coke when I'm out there or something, not order something from the bar. It's fine. So I could go, and, and it would not be an interruption to my plan at all. Um, but uh, it, it's the other shit. <laughs> so, too, too much to do. Too much to do. So thank you, Paul, for that. Again, I don't have a lot of answers on this, um, but it's a good topic to think about and toss around and kick around a little bit for sure. So um, let's see. Um, this comes from Trevor, who was a... Uh, he describes himself as an avid listener of the podcast. And he says, I'm always asking for ideas. So he actually emailed me. So thanks, man. And he also, um, took my tip on the monster zero ultra rose and, uh, came up all smiles on that one. I'm telling you, it's the winner guys. It's the winner. It's hard to find. I order it 
by the case from Amazon. So you can find it in some like some gas stations carry it. Most grocery stores don't. It, it's the winner, man. You know what's really good, though, is the Ultra Black, which used to be widely available, and now it's like you have to order it online. That's a winner also. Other than that, when it comes to Monster, I'm not that big of a fan. I'm not. The rest of them are very like, meh. All right. They used to have an ultra blue, which was good. It was in like kind of a baby slash sky blue can. I, I, I rather like that one. I think that was good. I can't find that one anywhere anymore. Probably online. It wasn't good enough. I'm not going to order it online, but it was a good change of pace. Anyway, so um, Trevor, thank you. He said some ideas. So things I wish I knew when I first started out with bodybuilding tips for people who want to become online coaches. So, okay, this is going to be... Um, this is going to be a big discussion here. And then uh, this is an easy one. Is there any merit to supplements like super green powders? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we knocked that one out quick. That's bull- Just eat veggies. Eat veggies. Fuck super green powders. Fuck beetroot extract and all this bullshit. Just eat real food. Um, and as far as what bodybuilders eat every day in their meals, that's where that idea came from. So that's the YouTube video that I'm going to put together. So um, that's going to be a little bit of a production just because I am going to be doing B-roll footage of meal prep and everything that I'm doing with that too. So um, probably going to start that tonight. I have to do chicken prep tonight. So that'd be a good opportunity to get some footage of that. Um, so um, let, let's start with this. So I'm going to um, – Trevor, I'm going to save your idea here, and I'm going to um, – Zero in on this one thing. You said things I wish I first, things I wish I knew when I first started out with bodybuilding. I'm going to save that one for an upcoming YouTube video because that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Um, cool. I'm, I'm adjusting my notes file here, my swipe file for this stuff. So, um, what I wanted to do was talk about your other things here, which is tips for becoming online coaches. So, I'd like to put out a call here um, and I would really like to get some emails or some DMs about this because this is important. Okay, Uncle Darren is is cozying up to the microphone here and we're going to have a little heart-to-heart chat. So I have this idea that I'm kicking around um, that I'm thinking about investing some time into doing. And it's to the point where I've done some market research on this and I'm at the point now where I need to conduct like a focus group or two before I do this, because the amount of work that it would take to pull this off is going to be pretty exceptional. Um, but I think it could be amazingly cool. I just don't want to invest all of the time and effort into it. If the demand for it isn't there, I feel like it is because Trevor, this question from you tips to become online, an online coach. Um, I do get this a lot. I do get this a lot. And having been on my side of it here, um, I've also been a personal trainer in the gym in the past. Um, this is just better. You know, especially if you don't like working with people in person, which I don't. Um, no offense to all the people out there that I have worked with. Um, you're all lovely people. Um, I think I have some former in-person clients who listen to this periodically. So, <laughs> Pam, Gary, Cindy, if you're out there, Vanessa, maybe I don't know, Rebecca, uh, <laughs> people from Asheville, if you're listening. Um, you know, uh, if anybody listens to this, uh, yeah. The thing is, like, I will always choose not interacting with somebody over interacting with somebody. I mean, if it, it's just a blanket choice like that. So online for me is a winner. It's more financially lucrative. You have more scheduling freedom. There's just a whole lot of reasons why. So what I am evaluating is the possibility of creating an online course for current personal trainers on how to build 
how to build out their business to encompass online training from scratch, assuming no knowledge, no infrastructure, no systems in place. Um, so I built up a Trello board for this already. And let me, I'm just going to kind of outline my ideas for this. So everybody is listening to this has to sign an NDA right now. You, by, by virtue of listening to this, you, you um, grant that you sign an NDA waiver and you can't steal my idea. So um, the, the basic outline of the modules that I have right now, and this is all very rough, but just to give you an idea of the general scope that I'm looking at here. Um, what I have is, let me update this really quick. There we go. Um, so, you know, welcome to the course, etc. Next module, setting up your business. This is like creating an LLC, you know, do you need an accountant? Do you need legal documents drafted? That kind of stuff. Um, how working online is different from training in person. We're going to talk a little bit over the course of a few video modules, about, and this is all going to be done through video. Um, uh, it's an online video course. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen those. I take these courses like they're candy. Um, I've taken a ton of them. So um, how working online is different compared to working with people in person. By that, I mean like you're working with people that you're not seeing in person. How does that change the dynamic? How does that change how you communicate with people? So like some conceptual level stuff. Defining your scope. Are you going to have a niche? Are you going for like broad fitness training? This could technically be applied to any kind of coaching industry. Like if you want to coach people through, you know, I don't know, online coaching. Well, it's really like a fitness related thing, really. It's got to be at least some base of fitness because we talk about a lot of things that are a little bit more specific to that later on. Uh, but defining your scope and um, the, I need to change this here. Fi defining your scope and developing your language. How are you talking to people? And I don't mean like English, but like, what's the terminology that you're going to use? Because that's a critical component of your success and being able to be found online. And a lot of this is, you know, the technical side of things, um, everything from like, how do you manipulate somebody's diets? How do you communicate with them? But also like, how do you get people to find you? That's a technical skill as well. Um, so the next module, building, an, building an audience and attracting leads closing the deal, actually landing clients, getting them to sign up, establishing your online platform. There's options. You can use a service like Trainerize. You can build your own from scratch. What are you going to do? Let's go over all the options here and figure out what the best thing is. And you're always going to get my input on what I've done. Um, but I realize that my way of doing things is not always the most suitable way. And if somebody might want to do it differently, as long as we have pros and cons for everything laid out, you can make a good decision. Great. Building your back-end infrastructure, this would be like a website, social media accounts, a training library if you need one, that kind of stuff. Crafting your client experience. What does the experience look like start to finish when somebody finds you, communicates with you, signs up with you, and then becomes your client and has weekly check-ins with you? What does that client experience look like? And how, you know, how do you go about crafting it? Because it is something that should be crafted and it should have a design and a flow to it. And then at that point, you've got clients, they're checking in. Awesome. Let's develop a daily routine and really iron this out so that you can scale your business and you're not capped out. You're like, I've got 20 clients and I can't handle any more. Like that's not really going to get you where you want to go with efficiency and good systems in place. You can handle more and still deliver top-notch service to people. So how do you develop a daily routine that facilitates that? Um, client issues and troubleshooting. This would be the technical side of things regarding progress, stalls, etc. Um, how to scale your business. 
um, you know, okay, we, we've grown to this stage. You know, if, if you get to the point where you're a, a six figure trainer, how do you grow to, you know, multiple six figures beyond that? Is it scalable? Um, is it practical with the way that you've defined things to bring in additional or affiliate trainers as well? All kinds of things to think about here. Um, attracting clients, that kind of goes back to this thing back here, building an audience and attracting leads. Yeah, so I can delete that. That's a duplicate. And then I have a very generic, what's next, which I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, <laughs> how do I delete this? Um, uh, archive. Okay, whatever. Uh, what's next? Kind of my catch-all. Like, I don't know, is there going to be another course? I don't know, sign up for this, whatever. Anyway, so, um, the, the, Trevor, I'm kind of hijacking your question here, um, and I'd love to get some input from people on, you know, what do you think? You know, if you're, if you're a trainer right now, um, because it does require, like, you've got to have some training experience. I can't teach you how to be a personal trainer in this course as well. Like, you know, I would recommend having a certification. You've got to know a little bit of nuts and bolts, um, uh, just as far as like, you know, how to program for somebody, you know, a certification will help with that as long as you get the right one. Um, I might also like recommend some certifications if people don't have any, because you could conceivably just say like, I want to be an online trainer and just understand like the, the first step of this is going to be become a non online trainer first and then get that process going. And then you can kind of work on this as you study for that certification as well. So, um, I'd love to hear anybody's feedback on this. I'd love to put together a focus group um, to, to you know, get some opinions from people and ask questions of people, maybe via, via a Zoom call or something like that. So um, just throwing that out there, throwing that out there. I am going to put the, the nail in this one for right now. It's We're 30-some minutes in. Um, I'm exhausted. i got to do some meal prep. And um, vocally, I'm shot. It's been a long day. So... <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up a little too early. I, I woke up 20 minutes before my alarm went off. So I've been up since 4, 10 a.m. I'm just, I'm beat. I'm, I'm tired. It's been a long week. So whew. anyway, I, I thank you all for listening. Please do get back to me on, um, on any interest that you might have in a course like that. If you're like, yes, oh my God. Or if you're like, I'm a trainer and I have zero interest in that, like that would be valuable feedback to me. If everybody says that, then I know I can just ditch this idea and it's one thing off my plate. Um, so, uh, there, there are no bad answers on this one. So whatever you got, lay it on me. I'm a man. I can take it.